to see as Jesus sees and, and feel as he feels, have compassion in our hearts for people that are really downcast and downtrodden like sheep without a shepherd. And he didn't say, go form a committee and put together strategies to reach them. He says, no, pray, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into the harvest field. He said, the harvest field is plentiful. There's nothing wrong with the harvest. It's the workers that are few. We're praying to the Lord of the harvest to send forth thrust out laborers into his harvest field through Go 2020. Dave Gibson is the Go 2020 USA director, also the senior missions and evangelism pastor at Grace Church in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Dave is gracious to join Bot Radio Network right now to tell us about this campaign, Go 2020 USA. We've got a lot of details to tell you about. But Dave, first of all, welcome to Bot Radio Network. Thank you, Byron. So happy to be with you. Are you an open or a secret Vikings fan? I'm a rabid Vikings <laughs> fan. We just had uh, Kirk Cousins here at uh, an event we do at the church. We've got a pretty large worship center, about 4,200. We had sold 5,000 tickets to have Kirk Cousins, Tony Dungy, Dabo Sweeney from Clemson, and had some of the Minnesota Twins. And uh, we didn't cancel the event. We repurposed it and ended up... Uh, we would typically have about four to 5,000 guys come to that. It's an evangelistic outreach, and uh, ended up having over 30,000 in our audience when we live-streamed it. And uh, Kirk Cousins shared the gospel and gave a powerful invitation for people to come to Christ. So I love the Vikings, yeah. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so long answer to your, <laughs> to your question. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I remember back in junior high school, I think my first— NFL jersey I wore to school was a Vikings jersey. So, <laughs> uh, purple purple people leaders. A lot of those guys are good friends of mine. I, I worked with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes for almost ten years, and state director here in Minnesota. So a number of the Vikings were on our board, and a lot of them continue to be my good friends. Dave, did you know that the board game sequence, which is invented by a former Eden Prairie resident, Doug Ruder, have you played it? I think I've seen it. I don't think I've played it. I discovered that Doug Reuter invented this game, hit the market first in 82, and more than 10 million sequence games have been sold. I just thought that's one of those interesting facts that it's not going to do anything for us today, but I just thought I would throw it out there. From Eden Prairie. Yeah. Right in the the Twin Cities. We're in the south suburbs of Minneapolis here. Doug helped put you guys on the map. Dave, early in life, although you regularly attended church with your family, you became very disillusioned with the church and organized religion. Can you describe that time in your life and how God got your attention? Well, I I want to, first of all, express great gratitude to the Lord for placing me into a home that did love Christ, and uh, my parents loved the Lord, my brother and sister did, but I was uh, one of these young guys who was very headstrong, loved sports. If I had anything to do with a ball or some kind of athletic experience, I was all over it. And that really became the God of my life. And I was a pretty arrogant young guy, more concerned about peer approval. And uh, I'll get into all the details. But going into my senior year, uh, captain of my own ship, master of my own destiny, kind of disillusioned with a, with a church and stiff-arming the things of the Lord. I, I knew the Christmas story and Easter story. But uh, And I went to church, but just because a mouse lives in a cookie jar doesn't make him a cookie, and just because a person goes to church doesn't make them a Christian. So I had a, a 12-inch gap between the head and the heart, 
the longest, most difficult journey in the world is the journey from the head to the heart. A good buddy of mine committed suicide when I was a senior in high school. And for the very first time, I started asking uh, some of life's most important questions. What's my purpose in life and where will I spend eternity? And I went to church. A man talked about the ultimate uh, rejection of a preacher in Matthew 7 when Jesus said, In that day when we stand before him, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, they'll profess Christ but not possess Christ. And didn't I do all of these things in your name, cast out demons, perform any miracles, and all these good things in, in Jesus' name. And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. The title of the message was The Ultimate Rejection. And I thought I was the only person sitting in the worship center that day, and the Lord just convicted me to my socks, and by his wonderful grace and mercy, uh, reached down and saved me. Dave, beautiful story, beautiful transforming story of Jesus Christ's power and how he works in a life. And, and Man, I love to tell that story. I shared it with Joe yesterday. Uh, I asked him if I could. I, I've got a, a minute version. I probably should have shared that here. No. Uh, he was a mechanical guy, uh, outsourced uh, electrician. I was getting off the elevator here at the church yesterday, and I pray every day, Lord, bring one person into my life, one lost sheep, and lead me to that person of peace that would be receptive to the messenger and the message. And uh, Joel, I introduced myself, got to know his story, dissolution Catholic, um, and we uh, just was probing, getting to know uh, his background, how he's handling the coronavirus situation. And I said, hey, Joe, you have a second? Could I share my story with you? And he said, sure. And shared my testimony. I said, Joe, you got a story like that? He said, no, I don't. I said, I'd like to. And after many years of evangelism training, I perceived that it might be a witnessing opportunity. So I shared the gospel with him, and Joe prayed to receive Christ. Oh, praise, praise God. So, yeah, I'd love to share that story to anybody who will listen. And that's what Go 2020 campaign is all about, Dave. And this COVID-19 pandemic has really redirected the way the church gathers. But I think it's also redirecting the way we scatter. Well, you're so right, Byron. You, you look at uh, Acts the book of Acts, they were kind of hunkered down in Jerusalem, and it was when persecution and difficulty came that the church was dispersed. And, uh, you know, the, it's like the church in Smyrna and Revelation, when it was crushed, it became even more fragrant. It, uh, that word is myrrh, and it, it was that burial ointment that, uh, for, for Jesus you know, I, historically, you look at whenever the church, uh, society's gone through times of upheaval and pandemics and things like that, that it's, it, pretty, it really brings us to our knees, and people are much, much more open, probably, than uh, ever before. I don't know, you probably heard the quote of C.S. Lewis, he says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse the deaf world. I think this deaf world is being roused right now, shaking our economic and political and social foundations, and people say, where do I turn? And we know where the only solution is, the only hope is, is Jesus. Yes. There is so much uncertainty and fear in so many lives, and the uh, unprecedented thing about this is this is not just impacting those in Minnesota or in Memphis, but around the world, people are asking those questions. Right. Go2020 has a partnership of over 140 countries, 250,000 churches and dozens of denominations. 
Dave, why do you believe his campaign has ignited so quickly and vastly? Well, it actually goes back to there was a global day of prayer initiated by Graham Power uh, quite a number of years ago, at least a dozen years ago, and they mobilized 100 million Christians to pray on Pentecost weekend. Well, that out of that prayer mobilization came a global outreach day on that same weekend. So they coupled prayer and evangelism, which is always what the scriptures prescribe. My house will be a house of prayer for all the nations uh, that we should be on mission. And uh, global outreach day was birthed out of that. It was an annual initiative, which increased evangelistic focus the last Saturday in May. In, tw- in uh, 2020, that movement has become a one one month, and that's Go 2020. So it's expanded from one day to one month. And as you mentioned, it's in over 250,000 churches and, and growing in over 140 countries. And it's estimated that they've seen uh, close to 15 million indicated decisions for Christ wow. in those years. So there's some history there. Billy Graham was asked before he, he passed away who will, his successor will be, and he said the church. And, uh, you know, we're really trying to call Christians. We, the, the vision is really every believer a, a witness. Everyone can reach someone, and together we can reach the world. And So it's not an event, it's a movement. It's a movement of the body of Christ, and it's a simple strategy of engaging people in personal evangelism with a prayer, care, share lifestyle, praying for people, caring for people. People need more prayer now than ever, and they need more care and love and concern and compassion than ever. And then we look for opportunities out of that to lovingly and appropriately share the gospel. So it really seems like, Dave, that God has been laying the groundwork for this Go 2020 campaign long before this virus outbreak. Yes. And you know, there's uh, an estimated 200,000 people have been fasting and praying for 40 days leading into this initiative. And there's millions of Christians that are praying right now. The prayer movements have all there's an intersection all over the planet. Uh, we, last Friday, it was estimated we might have had a, up to a million people on our prayer call for the launch of Go 2020 from all over the world. It was just thrilling. I felt like we we're standing in Revelation 7 there, and the people from every tribe, <laughs> people and nation singing, Worthy is the Lamb. It was just amazing. Wow. So, so prayer is really the fountainhead from which all of this is flowing. It's not a nice program, and we come up with our clever schemes. And I think the Lord is kind of, uh, through the coronavirus, is, is, it's gone over, there's been a lot of event evangelism planned and, uh, in the month or the year of 2020, but uh, it's really moved us more towards encounter-centered uh, evangelism, where it's really personal, highly relational evangelism. It's kind of interesting. The prayers of God's people the answered prayer could be COVID-19. I believe so. I, I wouldn't go as far to say that God caused it. You know, it's either appointed by God or allowed by God to accomplish His ultimate purposes. You know, the Lord is sovereign overall. We really believe that. And I think the Lord is really giving us that wake-up call, like C.S. Lewis talked about, the megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And it really is. Interesting uh, study in the New York Times, April 9th issue, article was, the humble phone call has made a comeback. They've done studies. There's 800 million wireless calls every day now. That's twice the volume of Mother's Day, and Mother's Day is the highest volume day of the year. 
And it's twice that volume every single day right now that people are, during times of stress and panic and difficulty, where do they turn? And texting isn't enough and social media isn't enough. People are craving human voice. And another article Aaron Zittner did in the Wall Street Journal, there's an epidemic of loneliness in America. And the telemarketers, when typically you call, they call your house, people are quick to hang up. Well, now people won't hang up on the telemarketers. They're uh, bending their ear and uh, sharing their problems and concerns. People are crying out. They're really hurting. And I think, uh, where is the church in all of that? And we can be right there at the tip of the spear, being the hands and the feet of Jesus, being the mouthpiece of Jesus, and and, uh, reaching out to a hurting world. Dave, that is incredible. You've used this term relational evangelism. Can you speak into this a little bit more? Do we see examples of this in Scripture? Yeah, I I think, you know, you look at Andrew inviting his brother, uh, Peter, Simon, to come and meet Jesus, uh, Operation Andrew. Uh, we call it relentless relational evangelism. You see it all throughout Scripture. Jesus was highly relational in how he met people, and he's the greatest example of all. And you can trace all the way through the Gospels, Jesus always met people at a point of interest and a point of need. And I think that's one of the greatest ways to do ministry, to find a need and meet it. You meet them at that point of need and that point of crisis, and he always met people who were on the margins in life, the downcast, the downtrodden. He saw the multitude was moved with compassion. So we need to see as Jesus sees and, and feel as he feels, have compassion in our hearts for people that are really downcast and downtrodden like sheep without a shepherd. And he didn't say, go form a committee and put together strategies to reach them. He says, no, pray, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into the harvest field. He said, the harvest field is plentiful. There's nothing wrong with the harvest. It's the workers that are few. We're praying to the Lord of the harvest to send forth thrust out laborers into his harvest field through Go 2020. Well, Dave, the Go 2020 campaign states that individuals can be involved as simple as praying for someone, caring for someone, and cheering with someone, as you've already mentioned. Let's break down each of these areas. How do you suggest that we pray? How do you suggest that we care and share? Well, I think in, in prayer, you say, who is someone in your in your sphere of influence, in your workplace, your school, your neighborhood, your family? that uh, you can be praying for right now. And we pray for open doors. I like to say pray for Bob every day. Uh, B is a burden for the lost. Romans 9, Paul said, uh, I have great anguish in my soul for my countrymen. Say, Lord, would you give me a burden for people around me? Give me that heart of compassion. Give me that love of Christ that would constrain me. It says in Second Corinthians 5, that concluding this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live for them will no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on our behalf, that we'd have a burden in our souls. And always for open doors. Pray for open doors. Paul said, pray for me. Colossians 4, uh, 3 to 6, he says, verse 2, be devoted to prayer, be alert in it, be thankful, and then pray for me as well, that God will open up a door for the ministry of the Word, that I could speak forth the mystery of Christ, the way I ought to speak. And then the B-O is an open door, and then B is boldness. Ephesians six nineteen and 20, Paul said, Pray for me that whenever I open my mouth, words will be given to me 
that I might fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. So that's a little practical thing you can do. Identify people in your sphere of influence. Start to pray for them. Pray for open doors. Pray for their needs. Pray that the Lord would give you boldness to share and lovingly and appropriately do it. We're not asking people to adopt a gospel grenade strategy and drop the grenade and run. It's it's highly relational, relentless relational or intentional relational evangelism. Well, Dave, you know, there are believers who desire to share the gospel but may be a little timid or afraid that they might mess up trying to share with someone or someone might ask them that question they can't answer. You know, you mentioned the word evangelism in a lot of churches and people start developing flu-like symptoms. There's a fear factor there, fear of rejection, fear that they're not going to know what, what to say. And I think a lot of people feel ill-equipped. Part of the, the role of the church is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Um, and people follow in the direction that shepherds are leading. I think, you know, it's really sad when a lot of churches, I think the Great Commission has become the great suggestion or the great omission. And, uh, you know, Hudson Taylor said the Great Commission isn't an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. I think Go 2020 has the possibility of really injecting some real excitement and life and enthusiasm into the church. But I think you start with prayer, identifying your network, pray for them, and then start caring for them. Uh, finding you, you give them a phone call. How are you doing? How are you handling this coronavirus? And, engaging in conversations across the sidewalk. I think you can do it, maintaining social distancing. We're doing an initiative of one a day in, in the month of May, and the Lord has already given me 10 gospel conversations here since May 1, and a couple of people have come to Christ. One just yesterday I mentioned earlier, and then last Saturday, a gal just broke down in tears. and Just getting to know, I, we use a three-life story approach. We've got a lot of great training on the website, go2020usa.com. We've got some of the best of the best training resources, gospel uh, tools to help people in real simple ways to share the gospel. We've got a strategy called A Minute to Witness. Uh, ask people in a minute, and it teaches you how to share your testimony, your story. We want to equip people to be able to share. And then uh, the sharing piece, uh, their story, my story, God's story, a three-life story approach. Can't Don't have time here on a phone interview to be able to give all that equipping, but there's some great resources both for personal uh, face-to-face evangelism, but also some great social media strategies that uh, Crew has developed. They've got some incredible tools that are really helpful for a person. You can send a letter. I've, I've got a one site that I use, mystory.me, where you can write your testimony out, and then you can send it out through social media. Uh, you can even do a, a, an audio version of your testimony and post it on site, and it's really, really well done. I'd encourage people to check that out. But all of these uh, tools and resources are on our website. And it's all free of charge, so I really encourage people to tap into it. The website is a wonderful resource, go2020usa.com. As you mentioned, Dave, signing up for Go2020 campaign is free. And when you go, you can get the Let's Go guide. You'll get daily encouragement, inspiration, and devotional content, along with all this other plethora of resources, as you mentioned, to help those in knowing how to share their faith and being able to share through social media the movement in the campaign and encourage others to participate. Dave, uh, had there been any specific obstacles that you've had to overcome while getting the Go 2020 off the ground? Well, 
sometimes uh, the greatest opposition to the gospel being advanced can happen from within the church. <laughs> you know, when 90 to 93 percent of Christians aren't sharing their faith, Newton used to say mass at rest uh, will stay at rest. It's that law of initial inertia. So I think you've got that challenge. And some uh, Christian leaders aren't always all that excited about uh, getting people to be sharing their faith. But I, I look at the cup half full, uh, 10% are motivated. And there's a Polytechnics Institute of Technology that did a study. If you have 10% of a population group totally committed to a cause, 100% in, uh, you will absolutely affect the other 90%. So we get, we're going for the 10 percenters. And uh, our goal is to have 10 million Christians in America to be sharing the gospel with 100 million people here during the month of May. And globally, it's 100 million believers to share the gospel with a billion people. So I I think it's arguably one of the largest evangelistic initiatives in the history of the Church. Boy, it really sounds like it. Dave, are there efforts to offer support to disciple those who come to faith in Christ as a result of Go 2020 campaign? Absolutely. That's a great question. You know, and we, as I was talking to Joe, who came to Christ yesterday, I said, this isn't just The Lord isn't interested in decisions for Christ. He wants you to be a disciple of Jesus. And we've got some tremendous resources, some of the best of the best out there. So we've we've taken some core resources, uh, ministries like uh, Crew, Luis Palau Association, Dare to Share Ministries, my good buddy Greg Steer. There's all all kinds of great follow-up tools. There's one site I really encourage people to use. I use all the time. It's called startingwithgod.com. And it gets you on that next step. So we've got uh, somethingamazing.net as the next seven days. It's a video series that your next seven days in your journey with Jesus. And then there's uh, Next Steps by a Global Media Outreach. It, it's just got some fantastic resources uh, available to the church and individual believers to follow up and make disciples who make disciples, because in the end, that's what Jesus calls us to, not just converts. That's a good word, Dave. Well, as we start to land the plane here on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint, Dave, talk a moment about how the gospel often stands in contrast to the world around us and how we should be bold and not fold. Well, you know, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. If the salt becomes tasteless, it's good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men, and we light a lamp, and we don't put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand, it gives light to all who are in the house. Just let our lights shine before men. They'll see our lives, our good works, and bring glory to our Father in heaven. You know, you might, uh, as believers, we might be the only Bible people will ever read, the only Jesus they'll ever see, and he wants he could have chosen the angels to come and save the world, but he used. He, he says, how will people believe unless they hear, and how will they hear without a preacher, and how will they preach unless they're sent? And how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good news? You know, the gospel is always countercultural. You know, it's, uh, we were talking in my discipleship group this morning about not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by renewing our minds. Jesus calling us to self-denial taking up a cross and following him, what does it mean to really be a fully devoted follower of Jesus? That's what we're calling people to. And Jesus said, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. 
and the first rule in fishing is you got to go where the fish are, and uh, we got to get out of the salt shaker. And uh, the salt likes to be in the salt shaker too much, and, and we get into this disease of coinonitis. We love coinonia, and that's a good thing. We need to not forsake our own assembling, assembling together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. But uh, Jesus commissioned us to go, to go into all the world. Dave, can you imagine that everyone listening to us today were to take you serious and sign up at go2020usa.com? What could potentially happen? Staggering. Every believer a witness. Imagine one church, the united body of Christ, sharing one message, the good news of Jesus, the gospel, with one world. 193 nations during one month, the month of May. And we're not saying once May is over. May is a springboard, and there's a lot of exciting things moving into a go decade. We're pushing towards the finish line of Matthew 24:14, where there's no more unengaged, unreached people groups, no languages without a Bible, no cities or villages without a church. And bottom line, no person who's never had an opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. We're kind of a big part of a much bigger picture trying to get get everyone to hear the good news of Christ. Great word, Dave. Thanks so much. Well, listening friends, you can join the movement now at Go2020USA.com. That's Go2020USA.com. Signing up is free. You'll get the Let's Go Guide for daily encouragement, inspiration, and devotional content. And let's go. Let's go share the message. Let's go pray, share, and care, as Dave has so eloquently presented today on our program. Dave Gibson, God bless you, my dear brother. Thank you for what you're doing for Christ's kingdom through Go 2020 USA. Thank you so much for joining Bot Radio Network today. Thank you, Byron. Appreciate the time. Don't let social distancing keep you from gospel witnessing. You know, the Lord wants to use all of you, and He can use us in our weakness. And let's let's go. That's our clarion call. Let's go. Well, friends, we're going to have to go right now. That's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.